Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for this week's Prep Basketball Confidential. An in-depth look at high school basketball across East Central Illinois. From the combined resources of the News Gazette, Champaign Multimedia Group, and Newstalk 1493.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. And now the host of Prep Basketball Confidential, Colin Likas. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Basketball Confidential show. I'm Colin Likas with Joey Wright. We're glad to be back on the air after taking last Monday off because of the Illinois men's basketball game up in Minnesota. As we said, back on the air this week, back on the air next week. I haven't, I honestly haven't looked ahead to the month of February to see where the Illinois basketball games fall yet, but uh, I do know I won't be on the air next week. You'll be joined by Joey Wright and probably Jim Rosso. Maybe Matt Daniels remains to be seen. I will be out of town, though, but you've got the two of us tonight. Joey, how are we doing this evening? Doing great. Coming, uh, coming down from a great high off the Vermilion County basketball mm-hmm. tournament. Girls and boys both put on a great show. Just uh, uploaded a video to newsgazette.com of an 80-foot buzzer beater from Lake Norton, so check that out. But wow. You'll be hitting the slopes next week. Do I have that right? That is correct. I'll there be out go. in Colorado. Uh, folks who have listened to our programming for a while know that I tend to be off uh, the last week of January going into February for that reason. But, uh, yeah, getting back on the basketball side of things, I saw the uh, video of the Blake Norton shot, um, not right after it was hit, but uh, the next day. And, uh yeah, an old heave-ho from about 80 <laughs> feet away and goes down. Uh, unfortunately for the storm, didn't lead to a win, but still a really cool moment. I imagine Blake had a lot of fun things to say about it. He did. I got off the phone with him about an hour ago. He told me his baseball help. He's a great center <laughs> fielder and pitcher for the storm and his travel team. And also just messing around in practice, as every high school basketball player does. You know, you always practice those shots, even though you're probably not going to need them, but... He told me, hey, well, now I can tell him it worked in a game. Yeah, and there's a video proof of it as well. So <laughs> I know it was trending a little bit uh, locally. Someone was trying to get it into the Sports Center top 10 plays. Uh, don't know how successful that was, but uh, it's definitely worthy. Yeah, it was a pretty amazing shot. You're not going to see one like that too often. Uh, also, on a note, I'm sure Salt Fork fans don't uh, like as much. Also, attest to how good Bismarck's defense was in that game, considering. Uh, Soft work scored 35 points in that game, and three of those came off of that shot. So uh, congrats to the Bismarck Henning, Roswell, and Blue Devils for their win in the Vermilion County Boys Tournament. The Salt Fork Girls for their win in the Verm County Tournament. Uh, good stuff there, and we're going to dive in to those two teams as part of our top tens that are coming up here later in the show. Also going to hear from some guests out of Watsika, that being Barry Bauer, coach of the girls team, uh, out of Monticello, that being the boys coach Kevin Roy, and out of Milford, that being the boys coach Dave Caldwell. But our first guest of the show, Joey and I chatted with them a little earlier today, Muhammad Seymour girls basketball players Abby Bunting and Kylie Waldinger, who are currently preparing for a game against Mountain Zion tonight. I imagine the JV game has just gotten underway over there in Muhammad. But Joey and I caught up with the two of them to discuss how things are going with Muhammad's 18-6 and six season to this point. 
And we're glad to be joined now on the Prep Basketball Confidential Show by Abby Bunting and Kylie Waldinger of the Muhammad Seymour girls basketball team, holding an 18-6 and record after a win over Chatham Glenwood on Saturday, 43-35. They're going to be hosting rival Mountain Zion tonight in an Apollo Conference game. Girls, thanks so much for making the time to join us tonight. No problem. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Abby, I'll start off with you. Just eighteen and six, coming off last season where you qualified for a super sectional for the first time in program history. What was it like, kind of uh, following that up, where you know you lose some key roster pieces from that team, but you still have a good quality team here, and and you're trying to get out of the shadow of the past team and just kind of forge your own identity. What what has that been like for you guys this season? Um, you know what we've been saying since the beginning that we're a new team. There's going to be like different roles, different dynamics, but I feel like after we got our footing, we found how we each other played, and then we worked off that, and I feel like we've been playing really good with each other recently, and even in the beginning of the season, we just uh, found our roles in the team, and then we just carried on those roles throughout the season. So, When you look at your uh, your 18 wins to this point in the season, uh, are there any that stand out? I mean, I look at your schedule. You guys have played uh, uh, – you know, tough non-conference opponents, St. Joseph Ogden, you've played Metamora, the Apollo Conference is uh, really tough. I know Lincoln got you guys uh, on January 7th, but, you know, they're a good test to see. Are there any games, you know, wins or, I guess, losses that stand out as, as maybe key tests so far? Um, I feel like some of our um, big wins are like the tournament, uh, Mattoon tournament against Galesburg. We won in the championship. Uh, the St. Uh, Joe tournament was also a good win for us, but I feel like after every loss, um, we learn a lot and we just work uh, to grow from there. So I feel like every, after every loss uh, is big and impactful and helpful to us. Kylie, looking at the way that you guys have won a lot of these games this season, I know this team is capable of putting up some points. You guys get into the 60s from time to time in the scoring column. But really, it's this good defense that you guys have. I mean, even in some of your losses, you know, you hold Lincoln and Springfield Sacred Heart Griffin and Morton each under 50 points. When you guys beat Chatham Glenwood on Saturday, you held them under 40 points. You held Mattoon nearly under 40 points recently as well. What has it taken to kind of lock in on this defensive end? Uh, How much work are you guys putting in to make sure that you can have performances like this? Um, In practice, we focus a lot on defense because we all believe that um, if our defense is going well, then our offense will start going well as well. So in games, we really just lock in, especially on rebounds, because we're not the tallest team anymore. But it all comes down to, like, who wants it more. This one's open to either one of you. Uh, the magic of radio, as we record this, it's about 3.20 on Monday afternoon. Uh, when this airs, goes out to the masses on 1,497.5, you guys will be probably watching the JV game against Mount Zion. Take take me inside. Take our listeners inside. Maybe your game day routine. You know, What are you guys doing right now? What are you guys getting ready to do? And what's kind of the buildup like to, uh, to your average home game? Um, so I know for a lot of us, we have like pregame meals, um, yeah, like from different, like sandwiches or like, I know one of our teammates has like salmon before every game, mm-hmm. but, um, but we usually, uh, like four o'clock, we'll come back to the school and go through like a walkthrough with our team, get some shots up. And that's pretty much it for like pregame routines, really. 
Is there a lot of nerves that goes into pregame for either of you guys? Or what are some maybe, do you have any traditions or things that you have to do before a game in order to, to kind of get that win? Some things that over time you've kind of realized, you know, if I do this, I seem to play better when I get out on the court. Um, I feel like with nerves, it just depends on who we're playing. But I know that a lot of us on the team have uh, superstitions like hair ties or stuff like that. But with me, I have a coffee before every game, and I feel like that gets me hyped and ready to go. But, yeah, I know that a lot of our teammates have other superstitions as well. And you're getting really hyped up for the game there, having a coffee <laughs> before you go out and go out and work out some more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> coffee and salmon. I like they, they do it, uh, <laughs> do it I'm right. I'm guessing those two aren't combined maybe necessarily. No, but that, I, I, I guess not. you never know. <laughs> uh, Kylie, looking down the uh, the rest of the, the schedule, obviously Mount Zion tonight and then a number of Apollo Conference games loom large. Normally, U High not an Apollo Conference game, but they'll uh, they'll lead into Lincoln February sixth and ninth uh, to close out the regular season. And any games catch your eye, you know, and a good normal community team on the road in there. Number of tests for you guys as as the postseason draws near. Uh, we really just try to focus on the game ahead because if we think that if we think too far ahead, then we'll kind of look over some teams. So we're really just focusing on Mount Zion tonight. Talking with Abby Bunting and Kylie Walding are two members of the Muhammad Seymour girls basketball team. Abby, I'll bounce it back to you. I know there's a lot of girls on this team who can put the ball in the basket. I know you are one of them who's capable of doing that, but usually when I see your name on the score sheet, more often is attached to rebounds, assists, steals, block shots. Seems like you've really taken on that role, and this looked to be true last year of just the one in the middle of everything who not really afraid of putting your body on the line and, and trying to get in the dirty areas. How much do you enjoy that type of basketball and playing that role on this team? Um, you know, I feel like I've played like that or like played most, most focused on defense uh, throughout my whole basketball career. And I just like, uh, I just, I just want to get more opportunities for like other girls to score and like, want to help the team as much as I can with whatever role I can fill. So. Speaking of other girls scoring, of course, uh, Savannah Orgerana, a name that pops up a lot when we talk about Muhammad Seymour girls basketball. What does she bring to the team? Obviously, uh, a lot of nights she's the leading scorer, you know, can get up and score in the, the high teens, low 20s. Uh, Sav brings a lot of energy, and she's very supportive towards all of us. Um, we She scores a lot for us, but she also tries to look for her teammates um, in all opportunities as well. So as long as as well as she scores, she also is just a great teammate and brings energy on defense and is always there for her teammates. Kylie, looking at this roster, you're one of the girls who has stepped up to kind of fill the void left by some of those graduates we talked about earlier, girls like Kayla Kerner, who was the reigning player of the year in girls basketball, and girls like Ivy Juarez and Nicole Taylor. Uh, for you, Kylie, and for some of your other teammates who have kind of stepped up more on the varsity side this year, just how exciting has that been to you know, have this increased role on a team that is having so much success? Dressing as a freshman last season and watching them go so far just really made me very excited for this next season because I knew that I would have to step up with all the seniors leaving. Um, so it made me really excited and just ready to go because even though we're a different team, like we write our own story. That's something that we say all the time. And it's been, it was hard in the beginning, but it just becomes easier because our team is so close and I know that they're like supporting me either way. Like whatever the game happens, whatever happens we all support each other so it's been really nice 
Kylie, when you're a freshman last season, like you said, and you're seeing all these upperclassmen, and even some of the, the girls who aren't upperclassmen but they're older than you and seeing how they impact the game, just what are some of the biggest things you take away from, from playing with girls like that, getting to practice with girls like that, that, that you try to apply to your own game now? Um, the upperclassmen work really hard, no matter if it's a game, a practice, a shoot-around. So I really took that into my game, like working hard 24-7 and just pushing each other because, uh, we just push each other a lot so that in games we can improve. And um, even off the court, like, I've just made so many friendships with them, and so I know that that will last even past basketball season. Kylie, what's it going to take? Or maybe, let me ask this instead, what expectations does this team have come postseason time? I know you have to close out the regular season. You still have a few games left on the schedule that, that are just as important. But come postseason time, what do you guys think you guys are capable of accomplishing? I think that we're capable of anything that we put our mind to. And if we just come out um, and play 32 minutes, um, hard work on defense, and uh, just have like oh, like the aggressive on offense, that we can do great things this postseason. Abby Bunting and Kylie Walding are two members of the Muhammad Seymour girls basketball team. They're hosting Mount Zion tonight, Charleston later this week as well. Girls, thanks again for making some time for us, and good luck tonight and the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Great job, girls. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. We'll uh, talk to you soon, hopefully. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Right, take care. Thanks again to Abby Bunting and Kylie Waldinger. Of the Muhammad Seymour girls basketball program, uh, currently 18-6. and six. Actually, have lost three of their last five, but uh, really play a, a tough schedule. Those three losses, Lincoln, Springfield, Sacred Heart, Griffin, and Morton, all are very quality teams. And the wins coming in against Mattoon and Chatham-Glenwood, two more quality teams. So just how the Bulldogs do things. And uh, good to hear from a, a big school program that's uh, seeing some good results this season. And and we were as we talked about before we came on the air the Apollo Conference so tough as you mm-hmm. said they're hanging in there and they'll be a team that could make some noise down the stretch you know Lincoln is maybe the favorite in that conference right now but Muhammad Seymour right there at the top absolutely and they just might be part of our upcoming top ten in girls basketball uh, very likely that they are we'll just put it that way just maybe but that'll come up here later in the show first we're going to take our first break of the evening on the prep basketball confidential when we come back going to hear a little bit from Watsika girls basketball coach Barry Bauer. Six sixteen. Welcome back to the Prep Confidential Show, powered by the News Gazette. I am Colin Likas with Joey Wright. Have another forty-five minutes or so with us this evening, discussing high school basketball across the area. We've got our latest top ten rankings to unveil for boys and girls basketball a little later on in the show. Also going to hear live from a few boys basketball coaches from Monticello and Milford. But right now, we are going to stick with the girls basketball realm and hear from. Coach Barry Bauer of the Watsika Warriors. His girls are 18-3 and on the season, coming off a loss to St. Thomas More in their most recent game, and they host Westville tonight in a Vermilion Valley Conference game, trying to stay undefeated in conference play so far. Let's go here, go ahead and hear from Coach Bauer. Glad to be joined now on the Prep Basketball Confidential Show by Barry Bauer, coach of the Watsika girls basketball team and also the athletic director of the Warriors. Team is 18 and three on the season. Going to be hosting Westville tonight in a Vermilion Valley Conference game. Barry, thanks so much for being part of the show this evening. Thanks, Colin. Well, I know you guys are coming off a loss to St. Thomas More, but still 18 and three overall. 
really strong record. Uh, the team is looking as solid as ever. Just how have you felt about the way this team has looked as we're going into the back half of the regular season? Yeah, it really wasn't real pleased with the way we played Saturday. Uh, we knew St. Thomas More is such a solid team that we were going to have to play a lot better than we did. But, you know, we had 12 in a row there, and I think sometimes you get a little complacent with some of the things that you do, not only on the court but in practice. So um, hopefully uh, that will get us going here as we as we go into the end of the regular season. How are the girls feeling about that 12-game win streak you guys had before the St. Thomas More game? What did you feel was kind of the key to that? What were you seeing from the team as to, to why there was so much success during that period from December 5th all the way to January 18th? I was really, really proud of our group during that stretch. Uh, we've, we've fought through some injuries. Uh, probably the biggest one is we lost our point guard after the sixth game of the season. So we've done a lot of scrambling, changing of roles, uh, kind of doing some different things than we were doing in November. So to do that and to have a winning streak at the same time, I think it showed a lot from our girls. But again, uh, like any coach would probably say, when you win a, a few of those in a row that maybe sometimes you get complacent. So I never liked the, the good losses, but maybe Saturday was one of them. But fighting through injuries and some adversity, I think maybe will make us uh, stronger at the end of the year. And being part of this Vermilion Valley Conference, I know it's still a relatively new thing for Watsika, but uh, it's good competition for you guys on the whole from a girls' basketball perspective. You know, you've already had Iroquois West, which is a close game. Uh, you've already had Oakwood, which is a, having a good season. You've already faced Georgetown Ridge Farm, which has kind of revitalized over the last few years and still on the schedule. we got Armstrong, Potomac, Salt Fork. You get to see Sista Park again, Hoopston. Uh, just how much do you hope that this Vermilion Valley Conference schedule helps prepare this team for what's to come in the postseason? I think that's what you're always looking for, uh, uh, when your conference teams are strong like that, I think we probably got the three strongest teams remaining with Armstrong this week and then back-to-back uh, -back Mondays at Salt Fork and Cisna Park. Um, those are probably the three strongest teams in the conference. So um, scheduling has been kind of nice for us with them being at the end of the year to prepare you for the postseason. And then you try to sprinkle in the the good non-conferences like St. Thomas More that we've already seen, and we saw Bishop McNamara. We have Piatone, who's undefeated. We got them, them this week. We got Grant Park, who will be one of the top seeds in our subsectional. So we, we have a, a quite a few quality games coming up, and hopefully that prepares us to make a little run at the end. Talking with Watsika girls basketball coach Barry Bauer, and let's dive into some of the athletes who have helped make this possible, uh, especially with your team. You know, I see it with quite a few teams, but your team especially, it just feels like, any girl can lead the team in scoring or rebounding or steals any given night. This really just has felt like a group effort throughout the year. So take me through some of these girls who you've been most impressed with and who you feel have maybe had the biggest impact on what you guys are doing here. Yeah, I think we've had uh, six different leading scorers on, on various nights. And, again, one of them was our point guard, Haven Meyer, who is now out, and I'm not sure if and when she'll be back for the postseason, but – Probably the most consistent, Becca Benoit is a senior leading rebounder for us. Uh, usually double figures in scoring has really been consistent for us all year. Ava Schwartz, a junior who didn't have any varsity experience, has really uh, turned in a solid season so far. And then uh, I, I look at Jasmine Essington and Brianna Denno, two, two juniors, again, with no varsity experience that have really stepped in and taken the ball handling roles. Uh, with Haven's injury. So they've been a pleasant surprise. And then 
We, we play seven, eight, sometimes nine off the bench. We have a, a sophomore center, Megan Martin, that has shown signs of coming in. She's a six-foot post player. Emily Miller and Natalie Peterson and uh, Elizabeth Wittenborn are three seniors that have been through four years of the program that have always given us solid minutes every night. So you're right. it's It's been kind of a different person uh, every night that's been the key for us feels like throughout several of the past years with this program that's that's maybe been the way it's been you know maybe occasionally a girl to really stand above the rest but uh, that that team effort that teamwork that's really instilled in this group and I imagine that's something that these girls as they come through you know the lower ranks lower grades they kind of maybe go watch the high school games and see exactly what the mentality is like and what the what the vibes are like around this team and you just you know, keep feeding those over the years. Is that kind of how it goes? You just build that culture and then get these girls to buy into it once it's their turn to compete? Yeah, I think you hit it You hit it perfectly. That's very, uh, very important to us. Uh, I also coach the eighth grade uh, junior high team. I've been doing that for about 10 years now, and I think that continuity really helps develop some things. Uh, I always go into the junior high season with three or four things that I want those girls to be able to do before they even get to high school and then we just kind of continue that. So we haven't had that big score for the last few years, but yet we've been able to be successful. We kind of hang our hat on defense. Uh, we start them doing a lot of the defensive things that we do in high school. We start them really in the sixth grade doing. So that continuity has been huge for us. Now, this is kind of a question a little bit off the wall, a little bit off the beaten path, but it's something that I'm sure you've thought about, especially as both basketball coach and an athletic director, and it's something that, could be coming down the pipeline. You know, your boys' team coached by Chad Kluver had to play with a shot clock early in the season over at the St. Joe tournament they had uh, before Christmas time. And uh, I know that's not something that's necessarily happened across the board yet, but is it something you started putting a lot of thought toward as it pertains to you as both a coach and as an administrator? Maybe that's something that we have to deal with in the future for more tournament games, more games in general. Yeah, it's, as a coach, it's very intriguing. I've always said that I was going to go back and watch some film and see how many times the shot clock would have came into play. But just like anything else, you don't have time to do to break that, something like that down. But I don't think it would affect us too much, our team, with a shot clock. But as an athletic director, it worries me a little bit. Man, I have a hard time finding volunteers and workers. And, you know, someone running a shot clock is going to be someone that's going to have a little bit of expertise in the game and someone that's familiar with with the game to be able to run that. But, uh, uh, again, a very intriguing thing. I'm, I, I don't know if I have a stance if I'm for it or against it. I guess if I had to, if I had to vote one way, I'd be kind of for it. I think it would be uh, a, a little boost for our game. But um, either way, as an athletic director, the cost and the, and the, the, man, the man hours would, would worry me a little bit. And then getting back with your current team, it's a busy week. We kind of alluded to it already, hosting Westville tonight. Then you host the undefeated Piatone team as well as Armstrong Potomac before going to Gibson City over the weekend. Uh, you guys coming off being uh, receiving some votes in the Associated Press poll. Granted, we had you guys in the wrong class, but I think we got that worked <laughs> out with the forward where you're in 1A and not 2A now. But regardless, just to receive that recognition, I imagine you as a coach aren't going out there telling the girls, look, we got these votes now. We have it made. It, it's more so something you appreciate, I imagine, but not the end-all be-all for this team. No, it, it's nice, as I think every coach would tell you. It's, it's always nice to be recognized a little bit there, but uh... – Kind of puts a target on your back a little bit, but sometimes something like that maybe will get the team refocused. But 
four games this week wasn't ideal. The the Piatone game was rescheduled from earlier in the year. Uh, it actually happened. We were in the junior high sectional championship on the same night, and with me coaching, we ended up switching the, the high school game. They're just an outstanding team. I think they have a shot at maybe winning the, uh, the whole thing in 2A. They're coached by one of my former assistants, Steve Strauss, so I lucked out there, and we were able to, to move the game. But four, four games this week's not ideal, but uh, it should be fun. Barry Bauer, coach of the Watsika girls basketball program, as we mentioned. You can catch his girls tonight against Westville up in Watsika, 7.30 p.m. Barry, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck to you and the girls moving forward. Thanks, Colin. It's always fun to talk. Thanks again to Barry Bauer for being part of the show this evening. His girls have had a good season so far, but things are only going to get more difficult from here, as he alluded to. A lot of good tests coming up in the Vermilion Valley Conference. And uh, Joey's familiar with some of those tests, namely Salt Fork, after being over at the Vermilion County Tournament uh, last weekend. Armstrong Potomac as well. Those are two teams that are on the horizon for Watsika. What can you tell our listeners about the Armstrong Potomac and Salt Fork girls programs from what you saw last week? Well, are you both those teams uh, championship caliber teams in that tournament, both playing for the uh, the title on Friday night? And, and speaking more so on Salt Fork, uh, you, you got to keep an eye on well, there are a couple of girls you got to keep an eye on for Salt Fork, but maybe first and foremost, Alexa Jamison. Mm-hmm. Sophomore has a thousand points already in her career. She's off to a great start. Can do a lot for the Storm. And then you've got you know Macy Russell on that roster as well. She's a, a key piece. A great athlete. Plays a lot of sports for the Storm and. Armstrong Potomac, a good balanced roster. They can get you in a lot of ways as well. No easy, no easy games in the VVC this year. You know, uh, just looking at the the third place game. I mean, Georgetown Ridge Farm, they're resurgent. I think uh, Bauer mentioned them at one point. Um, that's a you know you, you you can't take your eyes off anyone in that conference. But Salt Fork will be a great test for the Warriors. Absolutely will be. Now let's go ahead and jump into our latest girls basketball top 10 rankings, which do include a couple of teams from the Vermilion Valley Conference this week. We'll go ahead and kick things off with our number 10 program, that being the Arcola Purple Riders. Arcola 15-5 and on the season, coming off a five-point overtime win against Arthur in the Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament's third place, wow. I'm sorry, Constellation Championship game. I played through that one. I had to. I was in the <laughs> middle of a spiel there. But anyway, Arcola 15-5, and they are hosting Tri-County tonight. That'll be a major Lincoln Prairie matchup for the Purple Riders. Our number nine team this week, also out of the Lincoln Prairie, it's the Cerro Gordo Bement Broncos. CGB is 16-7 and on the season. Fell to Tri-County in the Lincoln Prairie Championship game over the weekend. Going to try to bounce back in Toledo tonight against Cumberland, the team that actually hosted the Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament. Our number eight team this week, the Champaign Central Maroons. Champaign Central trying to get back on the winning track against Danville a little later this week. That game's on Thursday. They're not playing tonight. Central 11-13. and 13. Also got Urbana on the docket here soon. Our number seven team this week is the Watsika Warriors. Just talked about them, 18-3, and three, going to be taking on Westville tonight. Our number six team also just talked about them briefly, the Salt Fork Storm. Salt Fork's fortunes have been looking up here lately. They're 14-7 and seven on the season on a five-game win streak. Going to be visiting Gilman tonight to face a pretty good Iroquois West team in BVC play before that Watsika matchup coming up. Our number five team this week, it's the St. Thomas More Sabres. STM is 16-5 and on the season, coming off a quality win over Watsika, team we just mentioned. STM going to be at Hoopston area tomorrow for a rare Tuesday girls game. 
Our number four team this week, same conference as the Sabres. It's the Prairie Central Hawks. Prairie Central is 15-6, and six, coming off a loss to an, a, a Piatone team that has not lost a game yet this season, so no shame there. Prairie Central saw a six-game win streak go by the wayside, however, with that result. They're going to be visiting Chillicothe IVC tonight for an IPC game, trying to get back in the win column and also improve to 7-0 in league play. Our number three team this week heard from some of their players earlier in the show, the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Bulldogs are 18-6, knocked off Chatham Glenwood over the weekend, and they're going to be hosting Mount Zion tonight, as well as Charleston on Thursday. Both of those are Apollo Conference games. Our number two team this week, it's the Tri-County Titans. Tri-County won the Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament Championship over the weekend. The Titans are putting their five-game win streak on the line tonight when they visit Arcola. And our number one team this week has been has been the case throughout the season. It's the Tuscola Warriors. Tuscola 24-0 opened the Central Illinois Conference Tournament by knocking off Meridian in the 1-8 seed matchup. Going to be taking on fourth-seeded, I'm sorry, fifth-seeded Warrensburg-Latham in the semifinal round. That'll do it for our top ten rankings. Joey, uh, I know you threw in the wow only once. Do you have <laughs> any any complaints, any observations about the the latest rankings. I, I could have given some more wows in there. We, we <laughs> mentioned Salt Fork and obviously talked with Watsika a moment ago. I think those are great teams in the middle portion of the rankings. Prairie Central has been turning it on. I like them at the four spot. Heard from Muhammad Seymour earlier. They got good things going. But uh, you, you mentioned Arcola falling to, was it Arcola that fell to Tri-County? That was uh, that was Sir Gordon Bumet who fell to Tri-County. No shame in that. They're our yep. number two team and Thaley Berry and company. They've got uh, a good squad. They're in Tuscola. What what more can you say about the Warriors? Mm-hmm. They have, uh, they've had a an easy uh, stretch to start. Well, they haven't had an easy stretch to start the season, but they've made it look easy. Yeah, defeated. How about that? So. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, they definitely have challenged themselves to have the Warriors, but they have made a lot of their opposition look not nearly as good as they are. That's just a testament to how good Tim Kohlbecker's team has been this season. Well, let's go ahead and take our second break here on the Prep Basketball Confidential Show. When we come back, we will hear from a coach of another team who tends to make his opponents look a little silly from time to time. That being the Monticello Sages, we'll hear from Kevin Roy coming up next. You're listening to the Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. Gene Honda never makes his way fully out of the rotation here. No, he doesn't. <laughs> you are listening to the Prep Basketball Confidential Show, powered by the News Gazette. Still looking for a sponsor here. If you want to be our sponsor for the back half of this season, let us know. My, my email address and phone number are kind of plastered all over the place, so I'm sure you could uh, get a hold of us pretty easily and uh, yeah. sponsor the back half of the show, support some high school students and their great ventures on the basketball court. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And who knows, you might even get some free play uh, after the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> end of the next season. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we don't, we don't have a springtime show, um, baseball, softball, and the like, but... Uh, you know, maybe with some other programs, it'll accidentally bleed in and things like that will happen. But let's go ahead and get back on track here with the latest edition of Prep Basketball Confidential. Glad to be joined on the show now by Monticello Boys Basketball Coach Kevin Roy, the man who helped lead the Sages to a Class 2A state runner-up finish last season. His team is 13-7 and this year, currently winners of five of the last six, including a win at Paxton Buckley Loda last week. Kevin, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, I know... You know, early on in the season, all the talk about coming off the back of that state runner-up performance, but 
Everybody knew also that you were graduating the entire starting lineup plus your sixth man, and things started a little slow at two and three, four and four, but it just really feels like the guys have bought into this system, understood what you want to do and what you want them to do, and we're seeing all of that pay off right now. How, how proud are you of this group of guys right here? Oh, I'm very proud of them. You know, they uh, they came in, and of course, you know, everybody wanted to remember last year, but it's a new year, uh, and these guys didn't get the game experience that I would have liked for them to have. So, really came in without with a lot of inexperience, but they've gained that experience and, and learned through it, and uh, uh, we are improving. I still feel like we haven't played our best basketball yet, and that's exciting to me, uh, and I think it's exciting to them, and, uh, uh, you know, because we have that ability to get better, and, uh, uh, you know, our, our schedule's really going to be tough down the stretch, so um, it's going to be a challenge for us. And we'll start talking about the uh, we'll start talking about the current team here, but I had one more question that pertains kind of to the older team. You know, when I was at the Monticello Holiday Hoopla Tournament late last month, uh, you guys did you know unveil a banner for that team that placed second. Just how exciting was that to get some of those guys back on the floor, along with some of the guys on the current team who are also part of that roster, and just to, to celebrate that group of guys one more time in front of a good audience. That, that was a lot of fun, and you know, just those, those, all those guys are home for the holidays, uh, so it's nice to get them in the gym. Uh, it's nice for them to come back and be seen by the current group, and uh, you know, they still look up to them. And when they, when they walk in the gym, everybody takes notes. So uh, it's great to see those guys personally, uh, and they're all off uh, college, so uh, them coming home and uh, being a part of the basketball program still, uh, and they will always be part of it. And uh, uh, just fun, exciting, uh, and again, just good for our program in general. And not to put undue emphasis on last year's team now as we approach February, certainly uh, they deserve plenty of emphasis, had a great run, but you mentioned that the guys who came back maybe didn't get as many minutes in the rotation as you would have liked, but they still got to be a part of that state run, and so many of them have gone on to do, uh, you know, play big roles in other sports. I know we talked a few months ago about Drew Shepard, you know, quarterback for the football team, Will Ross, state caliber golfer. What did it do for those guys to just be a part of that team and maybe see how it's done, uh, especially in the back half of the season? Yeah, no, but it's a, being a part of it was was fantastic for those guys. They've seen it. Uh, those seniors last year were such great leaders. They did it by example. Uh, and when those guys come back, I noticed our current players really look to step up their game because they uh, they know they're well watched and they want to impress those guys and uh, they want to uh, represent Monticello basketball. So uh, it's fun to have those guys back. But yeah, those the guys this year, Drew and Will and Trey Welter and um, you know Tyler Bundy, all those guys uh, were part of it last year uh, they know how much fun it can be and uh, they know what it like what it takes to be a team uh, we're not ever just a one one man show or one person uh, it's more important than the other it's uh, it's about the team first talking with Monticello boys basketball coach Kevin Roy and I mentioned earlier when I was introducing you that you guys have won five of your last six games overall one of those five was a game against Newton over in the Christie Clinic shootout at St. Joseph an occasion where you guys got to use the shot clock and you know so many people I think have wondered after watching you guys make a run to the state semi or to the state final I should say last year how would Monticello boys basketball fare with the shot clock and uh, you guys put up 80 points and beat Newton by more than 20 so uh, I guess it goes to show that uh, you guys can adapt to, to whatever style of game you need to play. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, it was kind of fun, you know, something we look forward to just to experience it. Uh, you know, I do think everybody knows I'm pretty much against the shot clock. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in favor of it uh, just because, you know, I just feel like teams need to be able to, you know, if they want to force the pace and play faster tempo, I just feel like their defensive strategy should uh, should dictate that, uh, not the clock. So, uh, you know, it was fun, though, for our guys to experience. Uh, I think with our youth and experience, my uh, assistant coach, Luke Mary, made the comment uh, about playing with the shot clock might make our team more decisive and uh you know make put them in a spot where they have to make quicker decisions and uh maybe that was part of it but uh, we did hit a school record of 18 three-pointers i think we shot 79 percent from the three-point line so um you know i don't think that's sustainable <laughs> it'd be nice if it was <laughs> but, uh, i don't know if it's a good realistic game uh for us to gauge off this shot clock or not but uh it was fun to experience it um we did change up our strategy a little bit. Uh, we're traditionally a man-to-man team, and uh, we did go zone for that game. Just, uh, uh, just to, well, one, we didn't feel like we matched up well with them, but two, we just wanted to protect the basket and know that, uh, hey, we're going to get the bottle back here in about 35 seconds, and uh, as long as we box out and rebound. Kind of a two-part question here. First, to piggyback off Colin's shot clock question, how does a defense adapt to having a shot clock? I think when people think of the shot clock, they think offense, but I know a lot of coaches have said, well, if you can just guard hard for 20, 25 seconds, that puts you in a great spot. Second half of the question, not asking for any trade secrets, but feel free to unveil as much as you like. What makes a Monticello defense so good? I know that's really something that Monticello basketball prides, prides itself on is the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, um, you know, as far as the shot clock, I just, I I really look at it like, boy, if there's 35 seconds, if a team wants to pick up and kind of put a soft press on a team, uh, they could make them take eight to seven, seven or eight seconds to get the ball across half court. Now they're down to, you know, 26, 27 seconds left on the shot clock, and that's not as much time to be able to get into a set or get into their uh, offense. So, um you know, I just I just feel like that could be an advantage and, uh, you know, something you have to look at and evaluate as a coach if if, if they do go with the shot clock. Um, you know, as far as Monticello basketball, I feel like, you know, we put a big emphasis on our defense. And, you know, I always tell our guys when they come in the first day, if you don't plan on playing defense, don't plan on playing. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, it's a big emphasis for us every day in practice as far as footwork, being able to contain and uh, guard on ball and uh, understanding that it is a defensive system uh, where we've got certain roles and responsibilities we need to be at, you know, in conjunction to where the ball is and where our man is and uh, uh, talking and communication. So, um, you know, we emphasize it every day and we spend a good portion of our practice on the defensive end. Well, Kevin, you mentioned some of the guys who have helped make this team go this season. Obviously, Trey Welter's been filling up the baskets pretty well, uh, overcoming his relative lack of size to be able to get things done. Drew Shepard, Will Ross, some bigger guys. Drew's able to hit some outside shots as well. Beyond those three, who are some guys that you really see needing to step up down the stretch, continue playing strong in order for this team to achieve everything it wants to as we move forward? Uh, you know, you, the guys you mentioned, like I said, Trey's kind of been our staple. Uh, he he takes care of the ball. Uh, you mentioned about how he's undersized, but the size of his heart is unmatched on the court. Uh, Drew Shepard uh, has been our probably second most consistent player as far as rebounding and, and uh, providing some offense for us. Will Ross has played very well as of late. Uh, he's really coming and does his own and getting more comfortable out on the floor and uh, playing in within his ability. Uh, Raiden Colbert uh, Jr. has uh, had some hot shooting nights for us and um, has the ability to score points for us uh, as a spot-up shooter. Um, 
Tyler Bundy. Uh, he's he's uh, you know extremely athletic and quick, and and uh, when he gets out in transition, he can really get to the rim. Uh, Tyler Bly and Jack Widener are both guys that have been good role players for us. And uh, Tyler has the ability to shoot the three. Jack has the ability to shoot the three. And you know, Jack is just kind of a steady guy who doesn't really get noticed on the court, but he's out there and he doesn't make mistakes. And that can be extremely valuable for a team that uh, um, you know is just trying to come into its own. And uh, his his basketball IQ is uh, uh, very strong. And then looking down the uh, down the way, the rest of the season. You mentioned some key guys. There are a number of key games left for you guys. Maybe the heart of a line. Well, I, I would say definitely the heart of a line. Prairie Conference play still ahead of you. You guys will host Prairie Central and host Pontiac. You'll travel to St. Joseph Ogden and to Unity, and uh, certainly you got St. Thomas More in there, Rantoul as well. Uh, just looking at the rest of the schedule, uh, Kevin. Anything? Uh, what, what are you kind of looking for here in the next uh, call it month until the the postseason arrives? Boy, we're going to be challenged every night. Uh, we got PC at Prairie Central at home tomorrow. Uh, of course, they're a top five team. We go to St. Joe on Friday, so uh, this is potentially the toughest week of our season. So uh, I just tell our guys, hey, this is an opportunity for us to go out and see where we're at. Um, we, again, with Prairie Central at home at St. Joe, um, you know Pontiac is state ranked as well. Uh, we get to play uh, Petersburg Porta uh, with our IPC Sangamo Shootout uh, crossover game. Uh, I think Petersburg Porta might be ranked in the top 25 right down there at the bottom, possibly. Uh, Unity's just very strong and physical and aggressive. Um, even at Pontiac, I'm saying we also go to Rantoul and St. Thomas More. So um, a lot of tough games on the road and uh, with Prairie Central at home and Pontiac at home. Uh, it's going to be a tough stretch for us, and uh, we're just going to have to find ways to compete if we can. Monticello Boys basketball coach Kevin Roy, as he just mentioned, going to be hosting the Prairie Central Hawks tomorrow night in what should be a banner Illini Prairie Conference game. Kevin, thanks again for making some time this evening, and looking forward to seeing you and the guys again soon. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a good matchup tomorrow. Hopefully the snow doesn't uh, derail that. I know we're supposed to get some sn- snow tomorrow, but it sounds like it'll be later in the evening. So hopefully that game can go on a schedule. Monticello against Prairie Central. Prairie Central actually coming off a rare loss over the weekend against a good Tutopolis team. So they'll be trying to get back on track. But let's go ahead and take our final break here in the Prep Basketball Confidential Show. And when we come back, we'll stick with the letter M, but change conferences. Go to the Vermilion Valley Conference and talk with Milford boys basketball coach Dave Caldwell. Six forty-seven. Welcome back to the Prep Basketball Confidential Show. Powered by the News Gazette, I am Colin Likas with Joey Wright. Thank you all for joining us this evening. Just one more segment to go here. Going to unveil our boys' basketball top ten rankings shortly. But first, we are going to hear from the coach of a team that is making a run and joining those rankings, that being Milford and Coach Dave Caldwell. This team currently is on a five-game win streak. Going to be visiting Schlarman, Clifton Central, and Cisna Park before the month is out. Dave, thanks so much for being part of the show this evening. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, you guys, you know, it's been uh, a season of a few streaks. You guys, after starting 0-2, won eight in a row. 
Then you go to 11-7 and seven after you open the new year with losses to Salt Fork and Hoopston. And now five-game win streak we just mentioned. You beat a Beecher team that had only lost once before you guys beat them on the road earlier this month. Seemed like that loss to Hoopston, maybe a little bit of a, a wake-up call for these guys. Just How have things come together here down the stretch to where you're knocking off a team like Beecher and you guys are seemingly playing as well as you have all season? Well, Hoopston, we, we don't match up very well with them. We barely beat them the first time, and it's a big rivalry game, and uh, they just we hit about I think it was four for thirty on three on three pointers, and hard to beat a team when you shoot like that. And Hoopston played played a good game, but Oakwood was a big win for us in there too. Uh, they're a good team, and uh, we seem to be playing pretty good. But a lot depends, like a lot of teams, if we're shooting the three pretty good, we can we can hang in there. And when we look at Milford basketball, Coach, who who kind of keys the Bearcats along? I know Sawyer LaFoon, Aiden Portwood names that get a lot of play, but when you look up and down in your roster, who are some key guys that are making the team go right now? Well, yeah, Sawyer and Aiden, everybody knows they're, they're our two main guys. They were two of our main guys last year. But uh, R.J. Mann is a steady, steady player for us, and when he's shooting well, we're really tough. Um Gavin Shunky's a junior that can light it up. He hit five threes against Beecher the other night. And then Peyton Harwood can hit hit some threes. And then Carson Shields and Tevin Longus do a lot of the dirty work, guard the other team's best man and block out. And then Caleb Gutour is our eighth man that comes in and has got a lot of athletic ability that can really uh, surprise people sometimes. You mentioned Aiden Portwood and uh, comes from a family, a good basketball family. They know how to put the ball in the hoop. And uh, Aiden put that on display recently at 33 points in a game. Uh, just when he is on, just what do you see from him that allows him to be such a dominant basketball player that opposing teams have such a tough time stopping? Well, he can do what you want. He can he can shoot the three, and if you get out on him, then he can drive. And he has a lot of different pull-up floaters, draws fouls. He just has a lot of a lot of natural moves that he doesn't have to think about. They just they just happen. He's got a good uh, floater and a sidestep little jumper. And if they hack, sag off of him and stop the drive, he can hit the three. So makes for a good good guy to have on your team. Talking with Milford boys basketball coach Dave Caldwell. And Dave, looking down the rest of the schedule, you guys will host Schlarman on the twenty seventh, uh, and then travel to Clifton Central and Cisna Park, and then. Bismarck and, and Donovan on, on deck there. won't go through the whole schedule. I'll leave it to you. When you look at the next couple of games you guys have leading into the postseason, what are you looking to accomplish? What are you looking to uh, to see out of your team? Well, the Schlarman game is at Schlarman. At Schla- that's, my uh, mis- right. I, that's my mistake. Yeah. Uh, well, we want to always continue to get better defensively. We're not a very big team, and we gave a lot of offensive rebounds up to a very good Beecher team. That was probably one of the better wins I've ever had as a coach. That team was very good, and we played just a fantastic game. And uh, if we can get a little better, better rebounding on our – and then obviously if we can keep shooting the ball, that's that's a big key because we don't have anybody over six foot, but Aiden Fortwood, everybody else is 5'11", 6 foot, 5'10". So you better shoot good and play some pretty good defense. 
looking to the postseason for you guys. I know Milford always has big goals for the postseason, regardless of how things kind of look uh, as far as the record and things like that. Just looking at you guys as subsectional. Don't get to host a regional this year, but the subsectional uh, seems like uh, potentially winnable. I mean, there's good teams in there, no doubt. Lexington's a good team. Leroy's a good team. Um, I haven't gotten to see Roanoke Benson personally, so I'm not sure exactly what they're bringing to the table. But definitely seems like there are some opportunities for you guys to make some noise in there. Uh, obviously don't have the postseason draw yet, but how do you feel just knowing about those potential matchups uh, about what could come in the postseason? Well, quarters, you miss Quarterstone Christian, and mm-hmm. uh, they are very good. and They just beat Lexington the other night. And so one of those teams is going to get sent over here to Watsik, I'm sure, because those two will probably be the number one and two seed. I think they're both about 18 and four. So we'll have our hands full. And then St. Anne, you've always got to watch out for them when it's regional time. They've got a lot of talent, and they seem to put it together at that time of the year. And Grant Park's got a very good team also. And then we've got Watsik and Sisson, Donovan all in our area. Donovan has just went on a three or four game winning streak here recently, and I've seen them play, and they've got some talent too. So about anybody could beat us if we have an off night. We've looked ahead a little bit uh, into the future of the the season, what the schedule holds for the Bearcats. Coach, I, I want to maybe go back a little bit. Um, I understand that, that you know back a, a, a long time ago now, the playing surface at Milford was actually carpet. Uh, can you just take our listeners back a little bit? I, I want to <laughs> just dive into that and uh, and explore yeah. that a bit. That was in my first go-around as coach, or back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. We had a carpeted gym that came in, I think, the year before I started coaching. And it was, I don't know how to describe it. It was <laughs> really the ball. You didn't really notice anything different, dribbling the ball and so forth. Mm-hmm. The worst thing was if you dove for the ball, we Gosh. had some kids get some unbelievably bad rug burns and if you got them on your hands, you couldn't get them to heal. We had one kid that had trouble with it the whole season almost trying to keep it from busting open. So it was – there wasn't – only a couple schools in Illinois, I think, and then there were a few in Indiana had that. But, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Is that something uh, – is that kind of a, a point of pride almost, or is that something that once uh, once it was gone you were kind of like, eh, you know what, I'm okay with that uh, being, <laughs> being in the past? <laughs> well – then we went with plastic, the, the material that a lot of the college teams put down on their wood floor when they play volleyball. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think the carpet was better than that. Oh, really? It was hard to keep keep from getting slick and so forth. It was uh, very hard to maintain. And I would imagine a lot of the other teams we played though would not have would rather have had the plastic than the carpet. <laughs> was that a, was that a home court advantage for you guys at all? I've got to imagine because obviously, I mean, you had a lot of experience playing on carpet, but that's something that uh, I'm sure not a lot of your opponents, especially out of conference, right? They wouldn't have had any experience necessarily with that. No, nobody, nobody ever really played on carpet besides when you came to Melford, and uh, it was it was it was interesting. Like I said, we had some really bad floor burns. Rug burns, I guess you should call them. And, uh, but we had a lot of really good teams in the 90s. So it, uh, it helped. I'm sure some teams said, well, that's why they're so good. They have that carpet. But there was a lot of times in a few of those teams, we were much better on the road on a bigger floor than we were in our smaller gym. Milford boys basketball coach Dave Caldwell. Teams on a five-game win streak trying to make it six when they visit Schlarman in Danville tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night, excuse me, Friday night. Dave, thanks again for making some time for us, and uh, good luck to you and the guys here moving forward. 
All right. Well, thank you, and have a good night. Thank you, Dave. All right. Goodbye. Good to hear from Dave Caldwell. That's a funny little uh, memory there, certainly. The, the carpet back in the day. Uh, if you did that nowadays, I have no idea how that would go over. It would be a really fascinating discussion for sure. I don't know if that'd be allowed nowadays. Probably I not. I don't know what the IHSA rule I don't either. Like, but, I don't uh, know if there's <laughs> rules in there or not. There probably is a rule somewhere in the IHSA rule book. I'll, I'll have to do some research. But let's go ahead and jump into our last segment of the show here, that being our latest boys basketball top 10 rankings. You can catch our updated version of the rankings later on this week in the print editions of the News Gazette. Our number 10 team this week added them to the rankings. Just talked with their coach, the Milford Bearcats. They are 6-7, wow. <laughs> going to be visiting Schlarman on Friday night. Our number 9 team this week is the Centennial Chargers. Centennial trying to bounce back from a few losses lately, currently sitting at 11-10 on the season, going to be hosting Peoria Richwoods on Friday. Our number 8 team this week is the Monticello Sages. Heard from Coach Kevin Roy a little while ago. 13-7, and seven, going to be hosting Prairie Central tomorrow night. Our number 7 team this week is the Unity Rockets. I got to see them against Rantoul on Friday. Put forth a good showing. Then they ended up losing to Mount Zion the next day in a quick turnaround. No shame in that loss. Mount Zion is receiving votes in the Class 3A state rankings. Unity is going to be hosting a good Bloomington Central Catholic team on Tuesday, though, in Illini Prairie play. Cole Serta. Cole Serta get, picks up an Illinois offer, yeah, for the uh, for the Saints. So the Illini Prairie is loaded as usual. And the boys' basketball side, uh, that is it, it, very true. Just, yeah, so many good teams on the boys' basketball side in the Illini Prairie this year. Our number six team is the Iroquois West Raiders. You want to talk about high-level college recruits. Uh, Cannon Leonard, Iowa football signee down low for the Raiders. Big wow. reason that they are 16-3 and on the season. Going to be hosting Armstrong Potomac tomorrow night. Our number five team this week, the Salt Fork Storm. Talked a little bit earlier on about Blake Norton and his 80-foot shot that beat the buzzer in the Vermilion County Tournament. Salt Fork 19-2 after finishing second to Bismarck in that tournament, trying to bounce back at Westville on Tuesday. Then going to be visiting Gilman on Friday. That should be a good game. Our number four team this week is the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. I know some Blue Devils fans are giving me a hard time on Twitter over the weekend because wow. I had Salt Fork ranked ahead of them. Well, Bismarck jumps back in front. Bismarck has beaten Salt Fork twice this season, so the Blue Devils hold the upper hand there. BHRA going to be hosting Watsika tomorrow night. Our number three team this week is the Tuscola Warriors. Tuscola getting back on track after a few losses. Uh, Tuscola is 18-3 and on a four-game win streak. Going to be visiting Arthur Christian tomorrow night. Our number two team this week, the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. Just watched Ty Pence score his 2,000th career point, closing in on the all-time boys scoring record. Not all-time school scoring record, but boys. SJO is 16-4, and going to be at St. Thomas More tomorrow night. And our number one team, it's the Prairie Central Hawks, sitting at 18-2, knocked off St. Joseph Ogden, then beat Pontiac in overtime before losing to Teutopolis the next day, less than 24-hour turnaround. Had to be a tough turnaround for the Hawks, but still 18-2 and visiting Monticello tomorrow night. Any thoughts on the top 10 there? I like that top 10. I like the, uh, you know, 5-4, and played a good one, as we talked about on Saturday night, and the Illinois Prairie Conference, as Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about got to keep an eye on the IPC this year. Could very well yield a state finalist. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Well, thank you all for joining us here on the show, Prep Basketball Confidential. Colin Likas, Joey Wright. Joey will be back with you guys next week for the show. Until then, we'll see you next time.